You're listening to This Nazarene Life, stories of young Nazarene clergy and their role models. Today on the podcast, we caught up with young Nazarene pastor Zach Bond in a park in Durham, North Carolina. And at the end of the interview, we will hear from Zach's roommate, Nathan. Thanks for tuning in. Podcast. I'm Dirk Jack, and I'm here with my guest, Zach Bond. Zach is a district licensed minister, currently serving at Tapestry Church of the Nazarene and Friendship House in North Carolina. Say hello, Zach. Hello, hello. So the first question I ask everybody is, how did you end up in the Church of the Nazarene? Yeah. Well, the short of that is I, I think that the Church of the Nazarene chose me um, through the, the heritage that I've been given in my family. Um, I think I'm fourth generation on both sides of the family wow. so the the roots are deep for me in the Nazarene church and I'm really grateful for that mm. so tell me a little, little bit about your call yeah so um, I went to Southern Nazarene University uh, my dad's a pastor my grandfather pastor and leader in the Church of the Nazarene and I've always just kind of followed in their footsteps I think I've seen a lot of wisdom in their way of life and just got to experience the joy and authenticity of the gospel lived out in their ministries. And that's something that's really resonated deeply with me. Uh, so so in college, I, um, I minored in theology, thinking I'll probably go on to seminary. Um, mm. And really, I think that's where my call kind of took off, was taking some classes with Steve Green and Crutcher. Uh, and just really, I think, um, understanding my life theologically and wanting um, I just had a deep desire to, to be in ministry at the margins and seeing seeing Jesus and uh, the vulnerable and so all those things led me to Duke Divinity School and um, yeah that's kind of the call is still being discerned but I definitely feel like I'm right where God wants me to be mm. and um, the call is has been continually down like towards uh, the margins and towards I think populations that have been invisibilized so yeah that's that's where my call has brought me to and I'm continuing to discern mm. as time goes on I'm really interested in your work with the friendship house I think a lot of people aren't even familiar with what that is yeah um, and how you ended up there might be interesting to talk about so tell me a little bit definitely about. I'd love to uh, as I was discerning uh, which which seminary um, I had a couple on the radar I think NTS and, and Duke Divinity sort of rose to the top and uh, I really I was craving I think intentional community and and some really immersive uh, experience that would that would challenge me and grow me in ways that wouldn't just be theological or in the mind and um, wanted it to be more practical and, and lived and so mm. I got this email and uh, the email it was just like a blanket email to all incoming divinity students. I'd already been accepted to Duke. And it, I think the title was like, Might the Friendship House Be For You? Mm. And it just went on to explain uh, a situation, a living situation opportunity where divinity students would get to live with people who, who experience disability. And the idea is, is that these individuals who are more high functioning, Down syndrome, autistic, uh, people from the community will get to live 
and independence apart from their families uh, with people who really care a lot uh, from the divinity school and the hope wasn't just wasn't that they would um, serve them or have any like pr priorities or duties beyond friendship mm. and so the the heart of our that, that community was just to be together and to experience Christ together so I get this email as I was I think I'd already committed to Nazarene Theological Seminary and I get this email and just remember just like my pulse uh, going faster and faster and I got up and was pacing my room and went out and took a walk and just like I mean I just felt like my imagination had been captured by um, this place called the Friendship House mm. which I knew very little about uh, but over the next days and weeks I, I learned more and eventually took the step to move to Durham uh, to not go to NTS, which was a big step out of the Nazarene bubble that had been my whole life. And uh, I've just seen God uh, show up in really, really surprising and really amazing ways at the Friendship House. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just so, um, God's grace is so good. And I see that as I look back. And my motivations for coming to Duke were a lot of, you know, the academic rigor and wanting a, kind of a, to achieve and to feed the achiever side of me. And, and to see that met at the Friendship House in kind of really surprising ways. And, um, you know, I guess what I would take away from these three years is not at all what I would have expected mm -hmm. three years three years ago when I was coming to, to Divinity School. And that's just been a beautiful journey. Um, so the Friendship House, to tell you a little bit more about it, um, began in Holland, Michigan at a seminary by some folks who knew um, a lot about the American Disabilities Act, knew that it could legislate equal opportunity for people with disabilities, it could legislate uh, equal access to work, to buildings, and um, all those things that we, that we have today, uh, but it couldn't legislate friendship. It couldn't legislate a sense of belonging, mm. and, and that's a problem, and specifically that's the church's problem, and so they dreamed a few families came up with this idea to have their their sons and daughters live with divinity students and just see what would happen and it's been a, a really life-changing experience for a lot of the students and a lot of the residents student res or friend residents and that has echoed outward to duke divinity and a couple other seminaries and is is um there's there's nine or ten other seminaries right now that are hoping to open uh, friendship passes on their on their campus mm. and so I've just, yeah, it kind of dropped in my lap. I had no idea. Disability was not on my radar at all. I, um, yeah, I just hadn't really even thought about it. And now it's kind of theologically a lot of what I consider and a lot of what I read and ingest um, comes through this lens, comes through this filter of how would, my, how would my roommate receive this? Or what does this mean for my roommate, Nathan, who has Down syndrome? Mm. And, if it, and if it can't relate, then what, like, then what is it? Is it the gospel or is it something else? So so what is life like at the Friendship House? Yeah, so uh, we were profoundly impacted by Jean Vanier, who started large communities all across the world. Um, Henry Nouwen lived at a large community, writes a lot about his experience there. And they ordered themselves around eating together, praying together, and celebrating together. And it's very simple, but those uh, kind of invite us into rhythms of receiving life and uh, we, we have meals at least twice a week together. You know, we pray at least twice a week together. Mm. Uh, we also have morning and evening prayer 
in the community and we um, we do birthdays really well we do just the littlest re reason for celebration we're making into the biggest reason for celebration and um, yeah it's just such a joy to be a part of and to share in life together there so we have 16 members and in each apartment there's four apartments so four times four 16 and in each apartment there's one uh, person with disability and three um, people from Duke Divinity School living mm -hmm. together and their life together on a daily basis is usually going to school and the friend, friend resident either will go volunteer or go um, to part-time work somewhere and then they'll come back home and usually have um, dinner together or some form of prayer together uh, watching movies together going to, to cook out getting a milkshake together uh, our community, it feels like a step back in time because we sit on our front porches at night and we just talk, you know, and we, we're in each other's life. And we're in a, a larger neighborhood that's friendly, a disability-friendly neighborhood, and so there's a lot of neighbors who have kids with disabilities, and we have block parties, and we'll uh, go play Ultimate Frisbee. And um, it really does feel, uh, Dr. Green talks about thin places where, where the, the distance between heaven and earth is seemingly thin and this is a very thin place. And I think um, because of that, a place where we can talk about the mission of God, not just, a, um, and we can talk about witness, and we can talk about uh, transformation in really beautiful ways and seeing the kingdom advance in really small ways in daily rhythms of cooking together, of uh, washing the dishes together, of learning how to, to sweep a floor well together. Uh, and so, yeah, all of that kind of sums up the Friendship House for me. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about Nathan and what he's taught you and who he <laughs> is and what he means to you. So Nathan is, is one of my best friends. And, man, we, um, it's been such an incredible journey. Uh, I, so I met him, and, and he, just to give you an idea of his personality, he uh, comes up to me and he says, you're my roommate. I was like, yeah. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cook you some pancakes, and they're going to punch you in the mouth. And I was like, okay. And then he waits about three or four seconds, and then he goes, with flavor. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's just always, he's really dramatic, flair for the dramatic, and very, uh, uh, just a lot of energy, a lot of passion. He loves to act. He loves really good movies. He loves mm. um, to dress up like a cowboy. Uh, he loves the city of Durham, he'll say, and he likes to take people on tours of the city and mm. go to his favorite restaurants. And um, yeah, so he's a he's a go for it. he's a gas pedal kind of guy. He just he's all in, and I love that about him. He's he's always down for an adventure, and um, he he reminds me a lot of Peter in the Gospels. Mm. Just kind of the first volunteer, um, the first one up the ladder, and so um, and I, I think some of that resonates with me, and I understand that a lot myself too, and so. We've, we've gotten to take road trips together, and we've gotten to <laughs> get into some, into some trouble together, just going around Durham and going to parks. And so um, he works at Harris Teeter as a grocer, and he um, also volunteers uh, some of his time at an organization close by. That's awesome. So you've just graduated. Um, what's what's the foreseeable future looking like for you? Are you going to stay in the Friendship House? Yeah, I, I joke that um, they're going to have to move me out and they're going to have to kick me out. 
because I'm not going to leave on my own. <laughs> uh, it is a three-year commitment. Um, hopefully students come and stay and give some stability to the friend residents who are there for 10 years at least. Wow. Um, and so I'm just finishing my third year, but I'm also the RD, which is a two-year commitment, which happened my second year. So now I'm staying an extra year to, to be the RD for another year, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I have a lot of dreams that I think God's given me, uh, specifically with how the Friendship House could translate into other contexts. Sure, tell me about that. Um, and biggest, the biggest dream would, would be to, to see the Nazarene Church provide a place for people with disabilities. And not mm. just not just a place, um, I think there's a difference between inclusion and belonging. I think inclusion says, yeah, you can come in anytime. I think belonging says we miss you when you're gone. Mm. And uh, and a lot of, I think there are programs that are out there and um, there's opportunities for people with disability in the church. But as far as a place of belonging and a place to, to contribute and to offer their gifts, uh, I would love to see a church that welcomed the gifts of people with disabilities like every other gift. And yeah, I would love to see the church uh, just open itself to the mutual transformation that could that could happen when we're, we're truly welcoming people of all abilities. Mm. Uh, I have a friend who I was talking with him and I asked, I was like, David, what do you where do you or do you like to go to church is what I asked him and he's like yeah he lit up he's like I love going to church and I was like oh really well where do you go to church David and he said I don't go to church it's like but you said you like going to church why why don't you go to church if you like going and he just looks at me and he says because nobody will take me and he lives in a group home and he has cerebral palsy and um, mm. a lot of his life is spent alone wow. and so again the church's problem mm. And I think what God's calling me to take that as, as a problem that sits on my heart and is heavy on my heart. And so uh, a dream is, again, to, to see the Nazarene Church maybe start a friendship house at a place, you know, like NTS or uh, at a Nazarene school or, or in some form um, open itself up. And I think a lot of that is, is not like an unwillingness. I think it's just a need to be in relationship with people who have disabilities and, and then begin that journey of, of recognizing the gift of receiving um, life from each other. And so, yeah, I don't know what that looks like. In the, in the foreseeable future, I'm, I'm working for an organization that helps refu refugee resettlement, the refugee resettlement in the area. And that's uh, also exciting frontier for me. Um, I'm serving at Tapestry Church of the Nazarene and, and loving, to be, loving uh, that community and being a part of their what they've got going on so uh, for this next year I think hopefully I'll get to open up some conversations and dream with people and uh, help cast vision I guess for uh, what God could be calling us into mm. yeah I love that what might you say to somebody who's interested or curious about a ministry like the Friendship House yeah well there's I would say come visit <laughs> and if you couldn't visit there's resources online uh, there's a video, There's uh, we have a blog, and we have uh, a sister organization called Reality Ministries mm. that in a lot of ways I, I think represents what we're like the end of of uh, the telos of that organization because they, mm. they try to just break down this barrier of us and them 
that often I think gets raised in a lot of different situations, but especially with disability, we have this tendency to think we are abled when in reality we're only temporarily able-bodied. You know, if we look at the beginning and end of life, we're all on this scale of disability mm. and vulnerability. And uh, so they, they try to help people see that and, and then invite people in relationships. So there's a lot of social opportunities uh, at, the, at Reality Ministries um, for just being together, people going bowling, you know, singing together, Bible study. Uh, and so I would point people to that website, realityministriesinc.org. And there's, there's a lot of resources, photos, videos, reflections. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I would definitely offer my email and my contact information, uh, Zach Lane Bond at Gmail. Maybe you can post that on the website sure. as you post this. And uh, yeah, I just want to open myself up to conversation. I think I see myself, I've been given two incredible gifts, one being the Nazarene Church and my heritage in the Nazarene Church. And I think another is the Friendship House and the transformation that, that God has worked through that. And I would love to see those two come together in, in surprising ways. So, I think you'd be the perfect person to facilitate that. I hope so, yeah. I would, uh, it would be a dream come true and a treasure to, to give myself to that work. So we'll see <laughs> what would it take like how how would you start going about something like that or maybe how did the friendship house start yeah so uh we have this our my advisor uh, or my supervisor this guy named matt floating uh, he's kind of in charge of development for the friendship house and is in conversation with those nine to ten seminaries that i was telling you about mm-hmm. uh, who who chartered the first friendship house and i think what he would say is just getting together parents because I think that parents feel they feel all of what I've just been talking about in their bones and they know it and so giving language to that and then getting parents together in a room is a powerful tool Mm. Uh, it gets people I think motivated and that becomes the driving force to linking up with a seminary or figuring out what the friendship house looks like in their context so you kind of already mentioned it but tell me a little bit about the neighborhood that the friendship house is in yeah uh, so the Friendship House is on in a neighborhood called North Street. And North Street neighborhood is about 20, 20 houses uh, that's open to people with disabilities. And it's in downtown Durham. And they're all kind of newly renovated, flipped houses. And uh, so all these other houses have either families or maybe more independent individuals with disabilities living in them. Mm. And uh, so it's like another concentric circle outside of our community that offers support for residents and each other. It's a place where people can come and, and feel like they belong, feel like they have friends and they can be listened to and um, we have morning and evening prayer um, that we pray the Book of Common Prayer together. And that's the whole neighborhood? That's the whole neighborhood and we have uh, a community garden in the neighborhood and a community room. We do potlucks mm. and we do uh, events. My roommate Nathan I was telling you about actually last Friday. So he's been working on a film and he's been um, each week filming segments of this film and it's called The World War One. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's a blockbuster hit for the summer of 2016. <laughs> and uh, he, so we just had a premiere. We had this big, huge celebration, Aww. signs. We had award show afterwards. We, we did everything, you know, it was a black tie affair and we premiered his 17 minute video. Wow. Uh, so things like that are just our life. That's, that's the normal rhythm. Mm. And uh, 
So that's North Street. That is a, a crucial component of the, of the Friendship House. Um, and I think looking, so you look at our community and you see these interlocking pieces of community and you can't help but say like, God is at work here. Mm-hmm. And like the Holy Spirit is moving. And uh, for me, I'm wondering how does this translate? Cause it seems so particular. And I think the work of the Spirit is always particular, obviously in Jesus Christ. Uh, so how can we, what is the, uh, in looking to, I guess, the, the vision and looking to the clouds and my ideas and dreams of what this could look like elsewhere, uh, it would have to start on the ground. It would have to start with conversations with parents and uh, looking at a place and saying, how um, how can the gospel be made known here? How can mm-hmm. people be welcomed here? So it's, it's not going to look like it does here in North Street. Um, I think this is a great starting place and a great place to learn and see um, kind of what God has done, but uh, openness to the Holy Spirit and openness to friendship with people with disabilities. John Vanier, years and years ago, after getting his Doctor of Philosophy, um, felt God calling him to to live with two guys who had profound disabilities. Mm. And then from that has been, there's all this fruit of large communities everywhere and um, books and resources, theological resources that I think we are indebted to at the Friendship House. And so that faithfulness to, to small dailiness, to, to, um, to not wanting to achieve a huge dream, but you know, maybe, maybe God's call in someone's life who's listening to this is to become a friend with somebody who has a disability, mm. to go to a group home and just spend an hour a week you know, and see what happens and see what God does through those conversations and through those interactions because uh, you'd be surprised, you know, at least I know that I have. I love that <laughs> so much. Do you have any stories that kind of encapsulate a picture of life in your community at the Friendship House? Yeah, I've actually got two. Okay. Um, so they're both with my roommate, Nathan, who, who would be more than okay with me sharing these. So sure. I'll go there. Nathan, uh, one day, my, it was like two months into the Friendship House, still getting a feel for things, still um, kind of feeling out Nathan and what our relationship was like. And he calls me one day, I'm in, I'm in class, and I answer right after class, and, and he, he seems kind of urgent. He says, Zach, I need you. I really need you, man. And I tried to get to the bottom of it, like, what's going on? You know, what, what do you need me? And he wouldn't really say, and he said, I just need you. So after a while, I was like, okay, I'm, I've got one more class, and I'll come home. Uh, and those first two months at Divinity School are such a whirlwind, you know, just so much rigor and so much uh, to do and to read, and it was, just felt like I was drowning with all of that. Mm. Um, and so to kind of stack this on top, like, all right, now I gotta go do something, be, be for Nathan and kind of be this pastoral presence for him. Mm. And so I rush home, and uh, in my mind, just going through the scripts, like, okay, like, he says this and I'll respond this way and prepping myself and I get up to the top of the steps and before I can open the door Nathan swings it wide he'd been he'd been waiting for me and anticipating me and uh, I expect him to be just really something going on um, something bad and so I'm like Nathan what's going on like what's wrong and he just has this cheesy smile on his face and he he, (laughs) I'll never forget his response he just goes want to play foosball (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it kind of melted a lot of the anxiety in my heart, mm. um, not just with how I should treat Nathan in this moment, but with 
Div School, uh, this place that like, a renowned seminary, and all the all that the work that comes with that. And in this moment, me and Nathan just are playing are playing foosball. Mm. Um, and that I think has encapsulated the friendship house and, and the importance of it in the life of a of a seminarian and the life of somebody who's studying to be um, the vocational minister. To have these distractions, to have somebody knocking on the door late at night and saying, "Can we talk?" or "Can we can we play foosball?" Um, that's vital. That's really important to ground and to flesh out the, the ideal, the ideas, and the the, the theology that we're um, just wrestling with in our heads. Mm-hmm. And it brings it down. And it, and if what we learn in divinity school, if what we the classes we take, the the church history, the systematic theology, if all of that cannot come to the ground and uh, impact the relationship that I have with Nathan, then I'm. It's not worth. It's not worth remembering, and it's not worth mm. um, its weight. So, I. Uh, I think that that story really resonates deeply with just the tone of the last three three years in my life. And the second story is kind of a further maybe articulation of it. I was. Um, I talked about reality, and I was an intern there, and part of my job was to lead Bible studies weekly, which was. I mean, such a growing experience because you'd come in one week with like all these plans and feel like, all right, this I've got, I'm going to nail this Bible study, and it just completely just falls apart. And mm. you know, someone's crying or somebody just hijacks the conversation, and I just realized I have to be open and, and welcoming. And other weeks where I didn't have anything really prepared well, and I would just feel the spirit open up doors and people's hearts. And um, so this one week, I was I was. Uh, leading a Bible study on um, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Mm. And so I thought I would kind of demonstrate it and not just talk about it, but kind of demonstrate what this would look like. And I talked about how dirty the disciples' feet must have been, walking around all that dust and sandals and painted that picture. And, and then um, I had another volunteer there who I, wa- I bent down and showed how it would be humbling and you have to bend. And I was explaining all that and about to wash this, this um, volunteer's feet. When Nathan, uh, just like interrupts me, and and I was like, "Yes, Nathan," and he goes, "Can I wash your feet?" Oh. And so there I was, like trying to build up all this this moment and um, teach and have be the the giver, I guess, in this situation. And Nathan just kind of just punctures that, and and then I have my my sweaty feet being washed by Nathan mm. for the next three minutes, and then the next person over says. Uh, Nathan, can you wash my feet? And so that's just, I think, so beautifully articulates the gospel as this exchange, as not this um, from one above to one below, but as this kind of sharing and and mutual um, embrace that, uh, and that that is the friendship house. That's what I think the gospel is. And so um, those are two stories I think that really resonate deeply with the friendship house and my experience the past three years. Mm, I love that so much. <laughs> so the last question I ask everyone is, what inspires you to stay in the church of the Nazarene? What keeps you here? Yeah, um, I would, and I think I would talk again about my family, and I think I've, I've just been given such a gift. Um, 
and you don't I don't really you don't really choose your family. I think there's a problem with choice sometimes. I think especially in our culture, choice can be crippling and if you don't like something you leave. You know, mm. you choose something else and um, denominations are like cans of peas on a shelf that you get to compare and, and then pick the one that's best for you, but uh, submitting myself to uh, heritage, to to a tradition, the Nazarene Church, um, seems right and feels like, like I wouldn't leave if, I wouldn't leave my family if we had a big argument or if there's something mm-hmm. I disagreed, like they're my family and that's covenant and so I feel called to the Nazarene Church in that way and, but more than that, I, I do feel like the Nazarene Church takes discipleship really seriously and uh, I've talked with I think I've, a lot of my reasons for coming to Duke was not to escape the Nazarene Church, but to understand it and to question from a place that would, that I think would uh, allow me to understand more in context what the Nazarene Church was. And from that, I've only gained my an appreciation. Um, sure, there have definitely been moments of shock and wondering, like, oh man, these are big problems in the Nazarene Church or big challenges. But those are not unique to the Nazarene Church, and um, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of good mm-hmm. that um, I've experienced. Even as people come up to me like, "Oh, you're Nazarene," and tell a story of somebody that they so I I don't I don't necessarily get people coming up to me and saying, "Oh, you're Nazarene." I'm so in line with all of your theology, but I I, I have people coming up to me and telling me stories of people mm-hmm. and that the Nazarene Church has uh, um, people whose lives have been transformed by the gospel is enough reason for me to, to commit, commit my life uh, to being a part and joining the work of the gospel here and now in this place. So if someone's interested in the work that you're doing or wants to get a hold of you, curious about your life at the Friendship House or something that you're working on, where would they contact you? Yeah, I think email would be best for me and uh, Zach Lane Bond at Gmail. Mm-hmm. And this is E-A-C-H-L-A-N-E Bond at gmail.com. And then I'd also connect them to a number of resources that are on the web. Um, Friendship House has a Facebook page uh, There's that connects to a video that uh, has been made to kind of try to sum up what we're about in about four minutes. And um, also realityministriesinc.org, which is in connection with the Friendship House and embodies a lot of um, our commitments and so that would be a place to read reflections to see photos and, and kind of put flesh to these ideas we've been talking about um, videos there's a video of a we have a talent show every year at reality and this last talent show we maxed out a, a local community theater and I mean just blew the top off the place and so there's a highlight video that I would um, recommend for people and I, my challenge is to watch that video and not smile. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. That's so awesome. those are some resources. But if you email me, I, I can probably recommend some more. Sure. Yeah. Point somebody in the right direction. Yeah. So. Thank you for sharing your stories, for taking this time out of your day to share your life with us. Absolutely. Nathan. I know that Zach is your roommate. What's your favorite part about being roommates with Zach? It is to, is to like, be together, mm. and have fun, and we like do some 
city life in. Like going to doing bowls. And I like the uh, the gold storage flowing. And I like when other people coming from around the world, different cities and countries, like Kansas for example. Mm. And you have different talents in unique ways. The the energy flows. Hmm. How long have you lived at Friendship House? Since when it starts to get built. Oh wow! How long ago was that? Do you know? <coughs> After I graduated from Riverside. Oh, got it, got it. From 2011. Mm-hmm. Probably like 2012. Mm-hmm. And do you like living there? Um. After when it's built. I was the, the new resident. Right? You were one of the first people there, huh? Yeah. And then it was Zach, then Kevin, and what's the other guy? It's the uh, doctor from Duke. Yeah, Scott. Yeah, and Scott. Scott. Scotty! Scott. <laughs> You've gotten a lot of roommates since then. Yeah. From the past. Mm. And I'm one of the uh, veteran residents. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what's your favorite part about living at the Friendship House? Um, the name of Friendship House is like apartments match up together. Mm. That's what you call the Friendship House, but you don't see the sign. Why? Um, it is not there because you don't see it. it but it's, it's still inside your mind when you say the Friendship House, but actually the apartment apartments match up together in one community mm. in one neighborhood mm. that's you call the friendship house mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you don't see it but it's in it yeah totally yeah it's like people coming from different cities like I said before of like like Zach for example me Little sound effect, uh, city sound effects in the background. I like um, all the uh, stuff happening with how much you love those people mm. when they love you. It's like you're being part of of the community. It's like uh, when you're being part of the community. It's like when they love you, you love them. It's like when you forgive, they forgive you. If you don't, it gets worse. Mm. I was talking about Zach about saving money. And Zach said, that's not fair, that's not fair. Nope, nope. But actually, the people had did pay for it because uh, I, I was explaining with him because I got a free lunch. Yep. It's cool. We get to navigate friendships, which aren't always easy. Yeah. yeah. Mm. What is life like there at the Friendship House? What do you do there? Um, it's like we hang out. We're doing apartment dinners. When apartment dinners gets bigger, it becomes like a, a community dinner from 
every Sunday. Wow. In chronological order. In chronological order, it goes right to the point. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't go from in reverse, from forwards to backwards. You're gonna go from backwards to forwards. Sure. Like a like a book. When you read a book, mm-hmm. from chapter to chapter to the end. Mm. What else do you do there? You have you have community dinners. Yep. What else? And when community dinners gets bigger, it turns into a padlock. But padlock, okay, is a another word to say a huge party. <laughs> it's like a huge party from people from different livelihoods mm-hmm. from the original life. Mm. Originally, for me, I was from Arlington, Virginia. Wow. From 1989. Nice. And I got raised in North Carolina since 1995. Oh, wow. I've been here ever since. That's great. What's your favorite part about being roommates with Zach? Um, he's a, of a, of a cool, handsome dude. <laughs> I'll give you money later. <laughs> yeah. He loves me. Oh, that's true. It's because I, I'm a, I'm a different special flower diet person. Because I don't say gluten free because why? I say the word special. Mm. Special flower. Alright. Enough with the, uh, the bakery stuff. Um, I like in 9th Street, I'm talking to a microphone. You're doing great. And, and I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. And my voice has been recorded. Yep. And listening to sound of city reality. City reality sound effects. Yeah. In the background, mm. it it makes me like I'm in the actual city. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks. You're welcome.